Today I have 12 tips for pitching a project. Hello and welcome back to Doraging Creation. I'm Jeannie and thank you for joining me. So how do working photographers establish relationships with editors in the first place? We interviewed a selection and in fact, sorry, should I say a select group of professional photographers and editors within my network to get their advice on how to fully pitch a project. So keep in mind that individual publications come with unique set of submission guidelines, um, brief or well, depending what genre you're in, um, depends what they, they may call it. But regardless of your genre or area of expertise, these 12 tips that I'm going to give you are handy places to start. So best of luck. Now more than ever in this digital age, the relationship between photo editors and photographers is even more dynamic than ever before. So we're fusing the worlds of still, for me, we're fusing the worlds of still, fantasy, surrealism, conceptual photography. And of course, you've got the, the fundamental skills that are going in that with the, the, the toy of light. So once the channels of communication were open, once the channels of communications were open only to the elusive group in the industry, so the insiders, so photographers around the world now have a means to connect with editors with the click of a button. In fact, there's so many editors and retouchers um, and even people who have developed on that with AI, you name it, that we really are nearly overblown by opportunity. So it's a time of limitless opportunity, as we can see, but this also means that we're flooded with competition. Tip number one, send a curated series of images. So to catch an editor's attention, opt to send a fully formed and cohesive series of images. So if you want to give them a feel for your project as a whole, there's no need to send every single image. In fact, it can do you harm by doing this because they have the full story. There's no mystery. It's like a fully clothed woman. If you show a tiny little bit of shoulder or ankle back in Victorian days, it's seen as slightly provocative, slightly wanting a little bit more attention. So I found that these collections do the best whenever it's got a nice flow, a series, and there's a nice cohesion through the entire image. Most editors, curators, or even gallery representatives like to see a collection of images that follow a distinct visual contextual theme. So there might be a concept that's going through the entire um, the series of images, or there might be a color flow. And sometimes depending on our format of images, there may also be even a triangulation or a formation of color, or even you'll see it. I'm doing it with my hands. If only you could see what I was doing. Um, I'll have to do a video on this as well to actually show you the um, the physical workings of this. So working on a project within a theme makes your collection seem a lot more complete and it gives it a lot more value. So it's otherwise a better pitch to opt for publications. Ideally, your images will come together to tell a story with a powerful hook. So that could be the story of you, the story of your brand, or even just the simple story of nature. Okay, there's nothing simple about nature, so why did I say simple? But it's just that we expect green, or depending where you are, Sahara, we're expecting yellows and, and 
browns and teals. So it's got that story that we can instantly identify. So if you can't say what the hook is, that's okay. It just means that you need to spend some more time fleshing out your concept before passing it along. Now, even better than that, but you you do have to be careful that you don't get stung, that you, your full collection doesn't get taken over and then you've got... Um, You've got to then go, okay, can you can you pay me now? <laughs> um, you, you don't want that to happen. So just bearing in mind that you can give them small samples of your, your images in, in a collection form. Just don't give them the full. When they're looking at it, when, when you're getting the, um, when you're, you're making your pitch, just don't give them everything up front. So when I offer advice to photographers about pitching, I tell them that outlets whether it's a gallery, um, even an art shop, wherever it is that you're selling, are 99% more likely to commission a finished story rather than fund a photographer's project. This is especially true if you're cold pitching and you don't already have a relationship with the editor or with the gallery or retail or whatever it is that you're working with or that you're reaching out to. I work in the music industry, as many of you may know, and if you have a relationship with the artist, the, um, the studio, it can make it so much easier to, well, you still have to pitch, but it can make it so much easier whenever you are progressing on, um, on a project. They've seen your work before, you can gain this trust, and they also know your style. I mean, there's many things that won't suit my work and they won't suit my style, um, and I'm, I'm happy for them to not come to me. <laughs> um, you need things that, that really do work with your flow. They can expand your 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 horizons and your knowledge. That's perfectly fine. Um, but they do need to be, especially for a project, if you're under time restrictions, they do need to be within your capabilities um, in the short term. Long term, obviously, you can take on, and I've often done it, you can take on something that does absolutely challenge you. It's brand new waters. And you know what? I kind of love that because it really pushes you outside of your comfort zone and it's the only way that you get better. So if the project isn't complete, it's still okay to reach out to an editor for feedback or to see if they have an interest in the story and would like to see it again once it's finished. Tip three, familiarize yourself with the publication. So if I'm sending something into, and we can all do it, Vogue Italia or wherever as a submission, and do you know what? Anybody can do this. So um, I'm not here showing off. <laughs> Just log on and submit. Um, so before reaching out to an editor, get to know their style and the kinds of work that they, they publish. So everybody has um, a vibe, a theme or an... Um, I was going to say aura, but whatever it is, you need to not always compliment that, but just be aware of it. It's OK to push it outside the box if that feels right, but it's good to um, to respect it. I'm not going to put in uh, dark art or dark beauty to um, to Vogue. And the same as if I have um, dark beauty kind of stuff, a magazine or wherever, I'm not going to put um, a Vogue-esque um, Vogue-esque uh, type picture into it. It's just, it's just they, they just don't work. They've got, their, they've got their clients as well. And you have to respect that. So don't try and change them. They are who they are. 
You can push them a little bit to make them stand out. That's perfectly fine once you respect their ethos. So you might be tempted to send out the same pitch to every single editor. Take your time to tailor the approach to each publication based on what they like. So know your audience and know their audience. Tip number four, pitch work you care about. So if I'm working on some, in fact, I will only work on projects that give me energy or that I feel excited about or that I feel, oh yeah, you know, or that little, that little lift in my spirit. They're the only projects I will work on. If something doesn't quite gel with me, I or if it doesn't give me energy, I'm not going to work on it. Now that that, that kind of does sound um, a little bit off as a photographer, I'm sure, because you just have to take work when you get it because you've got to pay your bills. But honestly, I think that there's, I am a much better, my output is much better whenever I really get stuff that does give me that energy that I can really visualize what it is I'm working on I can feel the color I can feel the colors it's exactly I I said it wrong but right at the same time so I can I can feel the essence of the image I the the colors come to me not because they're the right colors but because they feel right and well I've already done my research and and I I know this stuff but but they they work so in addition to telling the editor about the project itself, it helps to tell them a little bit about why it matters to you personally. Include an artist statement that touches on your experience and dedication to your subject genre or overall message. So what makes a photographer stand out to me is their connection to the project that they're sharing. Let me tell you my personal journey. So whenever I was, I think the, the easiest one to explain is whenever I was growing up, I'm like many of you, I'm sure I would have loved the, um, you know, like going into the town. I, I grew up in the country, but I used to love going into the town and just losing myself either in a bookshop. Now I'm dyslexic, so I can't read very well, but it was the covers of the, the books Um I always nearly, and it's wrong to do it, but I nearly downplay what I do by saying, oh, I'm just, all I do is play with shapes and colours. Um, and I hope none of you do that because really there's an awful lot more to it. Like it, it's it's not just Waterstones. That was the start of it, um, as my sister was always a reader and my dad. But if we go into, or Eason's or anywhere like that, but it was HMV that was the real winner for me. Not only could you go in and and I think especially because I because I am dyslexic that I, I, I took a liking or um, an, a more of an interest in in music. So I love my book covers. Absolutely. But they're not for me. They're not a patch on um, album covers. And I'm just so fortunate now that that is something that I'm doing um, and that I'm working on whether it's back catalogue or or new releases and brand new artists it's it's incredible so I remember the times whenever I would go in and you'd just be honestly I'd be just drawn to a colour I didn't always know the artist um and in many cases I didn't know the artist at all but I just see something and go oh oh that's cool and it could be the colours or the shapes or the graphics or I think as I progressed, um, so I got a little bit older, I was more aware of um, 
not just hyper realism but the the photography and the light and the colors and everything that were being brought into it so i was starting to understand why i love these and why i thought they were cool and not just that that was the starting point it's now that i'm working in that industry that i realize how important that front cover is to the music that it contains so now whenever I'm translating a track and turning it into artwork, it's only now that I'm realizing, you know, this this whole connection. When I was a kid, I had no idea. I was just drawn into these shapes and colors. And especially then as the, oh, I'm not sure what age I was. Um, I think I'd, I was in college. So probably it was around 95. I remember like um, one time in particular, putting on headphones within uh, one of these music stores and just thinking this is I'm never leaving I just thought this is the best thing ever so that very experience of being surrounded by beautiful artwork music and people with passion or just interest in nothing more than what the way I saw it was shapes and colors um shapes and colors that moved so that the music to me was the movement within it and that really really drew my passion to exactly where it is now Tip number five, go against the grain. Now, I can only tell you my story. I can only tell you my likes and dislikes. And obviously, I like photography. I've always liked photography, but it's something that I thought that I could never get into. I remember on a school bus, and this is going back some time, and I was putting the film into my my camera, you know, on a school trip. We obviously didn't have phones and... um, uh, never mind cameras on the phones but I always brought my camera with me and I remember thinking at one point oh man I'd love to be a photographer but at the same time doubting my ability to that I would ever be good enough or able um, and in doing that I think it, I was probably about um, oh, I was in my 30s whenever I even started to to really learn how to use, um, I got a camera, I got a, a Nikon D40X, and I just was taking photos of um, first communions. I, I shot a wedding on it. Um, I think I shot several weddings. I did shoot several weddings on it. It lasted me for years, and um, my daughters use it now. It's still sitting on my shelf, so I'm not, um, I, I'm not a, a tech nerd <laughs> whenever it comes to uh, my camera, simply because my money goes on on other things, especially whenever you've got a young family. So going against the grain um, is something that I learned whenever I hit the whole competition thing. So I, I learned how to use my camera and pretty much straight away, I was brought straight into the, um, the, the competition scene. I was a little bit uncomfortable about that because I went competition. Why? I'm not going to do competitions. And, and I just want to be able to shoot my, my, my photos and be able to, to get somewhere. But honestly, it's only once I started to do that and you get critique from whether you've, um, well, it does depend on the judge or panel of judges and, and also what country it is that it's being judged in. But the more that you do that, the more you become familiar with, with, I suppose, expectations. There's a certain recipe that goes with success um, in these competitions. And the more that you do that, the more you can build your confidence and, and get accreditation. 
Now you have to respect the 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 rules. You have to respect the um, the judges and the whole process of a photographic competition. So in doing that. In many of the competitions that I was entering, there would be perhaps, I think, if I remember correctly, there was always around five images that you were requested to or given openness, you know, so it was up to five images that you could submit. So I went from doing my my straight images. um, And then as I was doing my photography course, which was on the the Tuesday, um, this is all happening over like a summertime period <laughs> then um very kindly there was uh, jerry fitzgerald and frank frank condra who you may know as irish photographers and they came in and they were they were teaching us and it's through the two of them that they actually taught me how to to i won't say do creative photography because it was it was actually the grounds for that so it was the um the learning my layers, learning my masks and really understanding what the hell they were talking about. So I could see these things happening, but I had no idea what was, how it was happening. Um, and undoing that and then learning these processes, then I started to go, as I'm saying here, against the grain. So I started not just, I know you'll see my work now and you'll, you'll know that in many cases it's a composite or it's... Um, it, it's a composed image of, of many different images, but I'm really reverting back to my original change whenever I was going against the grain. And that was to take an image and then decide what I wanted to do with it. So I started with um, an inanimate object of, let me think, well, I do remember one of them in particular, which was a radish. And I, I gave myself the challenge to personalize the radish. No, I had no Photoshop skills. And this is why I decided to, to, to read what was in front of me, to really pay attention to it and to see what I could do with that. So in this case, I chose a radish and I gave it a personality and I made it a little bit cheeky as it, it was, went into a little pot and then I gave it little eyes and I took the eyes off and then I made it look over its shoulder at me. And of course, it's still got its hair. So it was really quite luxurious. So it's going against the grain, both in your thinking and then whenever you're going to your competition or whenever you're going to um, uh, put something into the mainstream to get it noticed. So you have to make that little slight change in it. So if I was just, there's an example of, of a radish, I've then moved that onto the fashion industry, the music industry. And there's now, um, as if you know any of my work, there's even bridal stuff. So the, the bridal things that I do now, you've got your your expect, expected bridal photography. I will take that asset um, as I don't have the time or the resources to go and shoot a full wedding anymore. So I will take a bridal shot and then I'll change it around to really tell the story of that bride. So that's one example of it. And the other one is to, when I'm saying go against the grain, you can take a picture, say, from an old house and you can pick an an expected colour within that. Like even um, a zebra crossing uh, from outside a school, the old house that I just mentioned. And you can just pick even a colour within that. So if you've got your black and white from your zebra crossing, you could make a pink and white. If you have your old house and you've got your stone walls, you could make them, oh, you you can change them. I'm going to try and think of something that I can I can 
explained to you but you even change the stonework if it's got um, the black and white tiles that many of those entrance halls have you can change that to as I said they're the same as a zebra crossing you can even change it to that vibrant pink and white it's these small little changes that make people just take a little bit of attention tip number six be thorough so if you want to pitch an idea, you should really just have an exciting, enticing theme. So links or pictures to any of the models that you'll be shooting, have a mood board, as well as a designer and styling team where appropriate. So we don't always have those, and especially because I do work on, um, or I pride myself on being able to work on a very low budget. Um, I like to give you the resources for doing that. So do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to add on here some, um, I'll, I'll put them on the website, maybe some mood boards that you can create your own um, little, little theme boards. So whenever you're actually showing your clients what it is that you're talking about, you look professional. It's a little bit better than um, little cutouts um, or screenshots being being what they can often feel being thrown at them. So regardless of your genre that you choose to work in from editorial to documentary and everything in between, pay attention to all of the details and consider telling the editor how much guidance, direction or funding that you'll need to complete this project. In fact, don't just consider it, make it as crystal clear as possible, especially because sometimes these things can go over and you do need your insurances and um, travel fees or anything else that may go on top of that. So make their jobs easier by spelling out exactly what they'll need to do as well whenever they get the work so that they can publish it. Tip number seven, keep it short. So editors go through tons of pitches and that's pictures, not pictures. <laughs> and there's only so many hours in the day. It's got to have impact. It's got to have pizzazz. And this is exactly why if you go slightly outside the grain on those few images that you're sending through, it can really make an impact. Be as concise as possible in your copy. So the words that you're sending through, make sure they're very expressionative of the actual idea and story and your plan. Keep it simple and direct. Tip number eight, build a social media presence. So whether it's on Facebook, a website, a landing page, whatever it is that you feel most comfortable with, find the ideas that you are most intrigued with, collect them together, and of course, if possible, the work that you've done as well. Because editors, I'm saying editors, it could be anybody that you're wanting to have a look at your work. So most editors are likely to look you up online to get a better feel for your work. So in addition to many of our work as a photographer, we serve as editors of our own work. So think about maybe before and afters to show that the work that you have done and the difference that you have made. I also believe in part, uh, sorry, totally believe in being part of a photographic community. So I find that some of the, the strongest um, supports and connections that I've had have been through photographic clubs um, and communities that I'm in and 
do you know what? I think I would be absolutely lost without them. And they then expand because you don't just have the whole photography thing. There's many different um, different strengths within that community, whether it's um, design, landscape. Everybody has a different strength. Everybody has a different story. And if you're open minded and listen to all of this and take it in, share your knowledge, take some in as well. There's so much to be got and to be given in these environments. When it comes to your social media, curate your feeds carefully and showcase only your best work. So be sure to connect with other photographers and editors as well, but be careful what work, if it is indeed something that you're wanting to be passing on to these editors, just make sure that your your work that you have in these is curated and nice and clean for these guys to see exactly who you are. This is a scary one. Tip number 10, ask for feedback. Make sure you do not have caffeine in your system when you ask for this one because we all want feedback, well, at some stage, but it can be a tough, bitter pill to swallow. So you can always ask an editor for, when I say editor, I mean a a judge, um, somebody who's who's going to be looking at your work or, or, or judging your work in some way. So you can always ask these guys for their thoughts. Even if they don't accept your pitch, if you're trying to sell to them, it's important to get feedback to help you improve your work and your aesthetic. So some editors won't have time to respond to your email if you're sending it through to them and, you know, if it's a business call, but others might. Establishing a line of communication never hurts and it always helps. Even further down the line, it can take years and especially whenever it comes to future work that they may have. And they might just think of you. Oh, do you remember Jeannie? She does conceptual photography and she fuses it with fantasy. And those those images, they moved. Um, so, you know, you can, people will remember you for different things. Other people might remember me for my horror images. Um, other people remember me for my, my space or my underwater themes. So an editor might have, well, have some simple, helpful tips for how you can refine your pitches next time to suit their subject or to suit suit their project. Tip number nine, attend portfolio reviews, distinction reviews and judging where possible. I know that's so much harder now that we used to be able to go whenever there was a national judging on or a big competition and you get first-hand experience, not just with the judges' comments and the scoring, but also feedback within the crowd. So there's always little mutterings about, oh, did you hear what that got? And, you know, it should have got more, it should have got less. I like this, but I like the other one better. It's interesting and very knowledgeable to, to find out what the general public is saying And then what the judges are saying um, as well, because you've got those two different worlds and you also have your own personal opinions. You can find that you're going into the world and you get into the mind of of the judge. You kind of know what they're going to score and then you learn the system or you learn their particular scoring system. Um, So at a portfolio review, you'll meet face to face with editors, curators and other industry leaders. So who give you constructive comments about your finesse, ideas and maybe how to expand your portfolio 
to whatever level that you want to bring it to. You may you may want to keep within the same genre that you're in. You may want to expand into something that's brand new and fresh to you and maybe dip your toe in other waters. So an in-person encounter always leaves a stronger impression than a quick email. If you're looking for work or if you're looking to, you know, get a little sideline on this, that can be really helpful. And beyond that, the portfolio reviews can just be the start of a long-term relationship with any of these. So if an editor likes your work, please remember to stay in touch. Tip 11, be selective. So our first tip was about understanding the publication that you're pitching. But it's equally important that they're able to understand your vision as well. Now this is especially important and it's one of the things that in Dorjean Creation we, we pride ourselves on, that we have a strategy session that we use to get your vision and so that the final product will actually express your vision. We're really there just to extract it, design it and put it together. So reach out to those editors whose philosophies and values mirror your own. This is back to it it being and giving you that energy and, and you feel good whenever you're working with somebody. Not everybody is going to gel with you and not everybody is going to be working on the same um, on the same kind of mindset. So that's that's okay. So my best advice would be to share as much of your work as possible and to be picky at the same time. So only accept jobs that align with your point of view, with your energy and of your preferred work. So it's easy to say yes to money and if you need the cash, take it. But definitely consider your complete body of work and the opportunities that arise out of past commissions. Tip 12, keep at it. So not hearing back, not getting an acceptance in a salon, not winning, not getting above maybe 13 or something in a competition, whatever, presuming the, the highest score is 20, whatever it is, you'll all have your own goals. And not hearing back from an editor, not hearing back that you've got an acceptance or, or just feeling discouraged in any way, not achieving those those goals that may seem minor or that may seem like a, like a hurdle for you, but it's always a good part of the business. You'll win some and you'll lose some. And you know what? That's okay. The important bit is to be persistent. And most award-winning photographers remember that editors and creative people are constantly seeing pitches and proposals and images. So just because it isn't picked up by one of those, People, judges, agencies, doesn't mean that your idea, that your image or that your collection isn't worth pursuing. And if it can't get anyone to take, if you can't get anyone to take up on it, just pursue your project. Don't give up on it. And often the best way to get it out there is to go out, shoot it and discover it yourself. Thank you for tuning in. That was Jeannie Gillespie, me, of Dorjean Creation. And I'm here as a photographic designer to help you create, design, advertising artwork from your photographic assets that perhaps you have already or that you need to shoot. 
I can help you get the very best from your brand, photography, video, and really as an artistic designer, help you look your very best and tell your story. So I'm here to discover and design around your brand and budget. Thank you.